Hello and welcome to Black Box Cutters episode 13. Oh, spooky. I know. I know. Everyone be careful. Be careful. My name's Josh Canal and Hi, Josh. to my left, Ross McQueen. You've dispensed with the army 11 o'clock, yeah. 2 o'clock kind of deal. But next week I'm going to bring in a compass. You're going to bring in a compass? I'll, I'll bring in a compass Excellent. and I'll, I'll say, and sitting... South South West, <laughs> Ross McQueen. I'm not sure if that's going to work. I, I think we're a bit blocked by from the signal. And that voice <laughs> is Brett Cropley. Good evening, viewers. How's it going, boys? Oh, not too bad, thank you. It's pretty warm out there today. It, it is. Nice it's and well, cool in here, though. First day of summer. <laughs> Especially without our pants on. We're recording this. On <laughs> Check the fir- out the video version of the uh, podcast <laughs> if you want to see evidence of that. Brett, it's there great. is. Boxcutters.net. There is. I haven't told you guys, but there is. <laughs> there's no video version. And there's a prize if you can find it. Find it. <laughs> I, th- I thought you were going to say if you can see what the tattoo on my ass was. <laughs> Secret no. is I don't have one. <laughs> <laughs> hey, let's move on. <laughs> what a rip snorter episode we have today. Oh my goodness gracious me. Not only do we have box cutters news... As always, first with the news. Lots of news. Oh, yes, we are first with the news. We've also got John Saffron. Oh, fantastic. He's going to call in and talk to us about uh, his previous shows and speaking in tongues, his current show. Actually, can I, can I just explain something? I've learned something just in the last week speaking to John. It's Saffron. It's not Saffron. I've been calling him Saffron for years. What, did I say Saffron? Saffron. I said Saffron. What did I say? You were like halfway between. Yeah, well, that's... Uh, Let's rewind and... I think... Uh, John Safran is coming. <laughs> I think Brett was making it clear for the viewers, not necessarily for you. Right. But I did just learn that over mm. the week. Mm, that's interesting. Mm. Safran. Safran. Headland. <laughs> got it. <laughs> got it. And now I'm going to go and write a rap. We've also got I Don't Buy It, uh, a little discussion on crap TV and also some political television with Van Nguyen. Uh, talking about new shows, summer schedule... Box Cutters Queers. It's all here. you love it. Stay tuned to Box Cutters. But right now, it's the Box Cutters News. And now for the news. On Box Cutters, we've been following the Neighbours lawsuit. Yes, we have. We have. And uh, this is Shane Connor, who played... Joe Scully on Neighbours was sacked because he wasn't turning up. When he was turning up, he was causing problems on set. He blamed it on his drug addiction and said that he was unfairly dismissed. Well, a court has found in his favour to the tune of $200,000. Almost. $196,709. (laughs) Very uh, very surprising outcome there. Yeah, I I really didn't expect it. Because if you can't sack an employee for bad behaviour and and destroying things and costing you heaps of money and just making huge mistakes, what can you sack an employee for? Well, soon you'll be able to sack them for anything. (laughs) Exactly. No, that was a big shock. Big shock. Yeah, I was was really surprised. I did not think it would go that way. No, not at all. And uh, really... I'm left with nothing else to say. 
on that matter. Grundy <laughs> is considering appealing the decision. Oh, oh well, yes, yeah, of course. of course they are. But what are the chances that they'll win that? Not and in the meantime, much. Mr. Connor is uh, appearing in a panto in Stoke this Christmas. Okay. Well, you know, that's he's really going to scare the kiddies in that one. <laughs> he's behind you. <laughs> he's behind you. Ross, big news during the week is, I don't know if they've actually officially announced it, but oh, it's one of those things where, you know, nobody seemed to know and now everybody seems to know, Bert is officially doing Family Feud. Yes, mm. I saw that. This seems very odd to me. He's, he's reportedly getting around $500,000 a year mm-hmm. to, to host a, uh, a uh, 5.30 game show. With no bangs and whistles, uh, I can't see it competing with Deal or No Deal. I think it's a huge mistake. Is Maura Survey going says, over with him? Maura. And now he's Maura. What's she going to do? <laughs> Is she going to replace the board? Maybe. <laughs> Survey says, waste of talent. That's, yeah, yeah I, I really think that's a waste of talent on their behalf. And in yeah. fact, do you think it's going to be him... Delivering style one-liners and, and course, that's jokes what he about does. the hairpiece. That's what he does. Yeah. What, what else does Bert do? Well, he does do good talk, but he's not going to have well, the opportunity in Family Feud. No. Unless, unless they turn it into a you-bet-your-life situation where Bert spends most of the time talking to the contestants and there's very little gameplay. Oh, possibly. possibly. You know, that, that would be to his bet. But why not just have Bert hosting an Australian you-bet-your-life? Yeah, I think he'd do wonders. Yeah, well, it's interesting. I'm reading a bit about it during the week. They are hinting that they're changing the format quite a bit, a la Temptation, New Sale of the Century, which... You've oh, got yeah, to... they, they've changed it so much. Well, yeah. it's worked for them. It's worked for them. But yeah, you've but... still got the, the, the foundations of Sale of the Century there. Yeah, I, I, I it agree. It still looks pretty much the same apart from hey, a hey, couple of little tweaks. Preaching to the converted here. But I think, you know, obviously they're intending... It, it's worked for them. I reckon basically I they've they're... got to get Bert in an armchair... One family in a couch on one side, another family in the couch on the other side, and they can all talk. Forget about survey says. So you're saying forget about the feud. Yeah. Just, just, just have it family why part. Why can't we just all get along? <laughs> Brett, you've got some news. I do have some news. Um, I've, I've got uh, a big slab, actually. Network 10's uh, schedule for 2006. Um, they're... All of 10's proven performers, uh, both Australian and overseas, return. This is part of their statement uh, from Mr. Mott. Uh, Mr. Mott's Tony, first Tony, name I can't think Tony of. Tony Mott? Yeah, it might be Tony. Why not? David. Why not Tony so, Mott? No, it's David. Oh, it is David? David All Mott. Right. Who's Tony Mott? Someone else. <laughs> Plus, 10 is adding nine major new overseas series to its schedule, and they are introducing a slew of new Australian programs. Most of them reality shows, I believe. Is that true? Uh, no. Oh, okay. No, not necessarily. Um, although there is some of that. Uh, Following the CSI model, they're going to start producing <laughs> McLeod's Daughters, Bendigo. <laughs> you, you, you've got the wrong network, but I, I like the idea. Oh, 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 sorry, sorry, that wasn't nine we were talking about. No, ten. Sorry. I nodded off. <laughs> Something that, uh, that is a little bit heartening out of this statement is that uh, with the Winter Olympics and the Commonwealth Games, unlike what we've seen in the past where the other networks just say, what the hell are we going to program anything during Thorpe's race or, or, you know, the big races. Yeah, um, repeats of everybody's race actually- Raymond. And they're actually saying that uh, they're going to be extremely competitive against the Games. 
for each night in the first eight weeks of the survey of 2006. Their new Australian programs for 2006 include The Wedge, a new sketch comedy set in a fictitious Australian suburb. Uh, that's from co- Corner Box Productions and comedian Ian McFadgen. Yeah. <laughs> My God, <clears throat> the the genius behind the comedy company. Yep, genius. And uh, just he's had his comedy company role as the David Attenborough, Ra- Rabbit Burrow, Rabbit Burrow, David Rabbit uh, Burrow. Now advertising some sort oh, of who knows turds on a sandwich. I <laughs> I don't know, and I don't care. Do they also mention that he was the genius behind Cluedo? <laughs> no, they don't happen to mention right. that, but uh, they, 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 nor do they mention anything about the geniuses that uh, set up Let Loose Live, uh-huh. strangely enough. <laughs> um, uh, thank God you're here. A new thing from Working Dog, uh, who you might know from the panel, The Castle, The Dish, The... the, the, the um, yeah. Other... Th- other things with definitive titles. Which does look out like a, uh, a reality-type show where well-known personalities uh, <laughs> dropped into a scene in which they have no idea who they are or why they are there and must improvise their way through. It's a little bit like... We haven't, we haven't had a... I'm a celebrity, get me out of here, here have we? No. 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 Um, I'm just trying to think. What... What's, what TV things have we had where they've put celebrities in? Dancing where with they've the been stars. Like completely no. Spelling with the stars. No, they had celebrity a, Big Brother. No, they had a celebrity. Joker Poker. They had a celebrity type cam, uh, candid camera a few years back on Channel 9. Yes, they did. Mm-hmm. They mm-hmm. did. It was, I can't believe this is the only way I can get on television. <laughs> so it's like be less people that uh, can't get onto the telly playing theatre sports. Fantastic. Um, there's a whole slab of fat TV. With the yeah. biggest loser, uh, Australia is going to be a biggest loser. New local version of mm. that, which will be uh, hitting its demographic of sixteen to thirty-nine year olds, plus women twenty-five to 40, 54. Um, Honey, we're killing the kids. Talking about parents killing their kids uh, by feeding them, making them obese, and uh, giving them sedentary lifestyles. Jamie's Kitchen Australia, which has been long anticipated, apparently. Australia gets its very own 15 restaurant and 15 underprivileged Melbourne kids will get the break of a lifetime. Um, it seems that Jamie Oliver's actually lost his surname. There's another thing that's... Uh, no, no, he's, he's, he's changed his surname to Kitchen. Has <laughs> <laughs> uh, But no, because uh, they've also got Jamie's Great Italian Escape. Combining Jamie's passion for food with the elements of the best travel shows. I'm only assuming that that's Jamie Oliver, but I can't think of another Jamie that I'd like it might to, be. I'd like to see them combine Jamie's Kitchen and Jamie's Italian uh, blah, 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 and just have Jamie in Carlton. <laughs> try <laughs> to hail a taxi on the corner. Well, on Let's that, break that up uh, with on, on something. Sim- on similar news uh, about local versus foreign content, mm. apparently local TV content is stable. That's uh, according to TV analysis group Eurodata. I got They're bringing this, the horses in. I got this from the Australian. They're what? The horses stable. The stable. Right. That was fantastic, Brad. <laughs> that was well worth the interruption. It was an aside. It wasn't an interruption. <laughs> well, apparently the, uh, the, um, the, the amount of local production on the networks has been very stable in the past three years, fluctuating only from 45 to 47%. I'd like to see them compare that with how much local production is on American TV, where I think local production there is 
close to 100%. Why, why do we only have 45 to 47%? We can't even get a controlling share of local, uh, local production on te- television. We could be completely That's, voted out. <laughs> among the 34 local productions, 26% went to the UK, 20% went to the Netherlands, 15%. I don't know how it suddenly went to... Oh, sorry, 34 local productions making the 45 to 47. And yeah, they were, so they were sold to the UK, Netherlands, Germany, Sweden, France, Italy. The most outstanding programs had been successfully introduced in two markets or more. So Australian product is selling all right overseas. There isn't any need to worry. Nobody panic. Everybody's job is safe. Phew. Oh, um, Channel 10 also have a, a bit of a story. So I was being sarcastic. Of, yes. Yeah, all right. Just want to make sure. I'm comfortable. Um, they've got a slab of hilarious TV with Friday Night Games. Uh, can you guess what it is? Uh, it's kind of it's a knockout style stuff. It's no, a, think Big Brother, the Friday night games there, but uh, with members of the public and celebrities put through hilarious challenges. Brett, what? I've forgotten. Why are you telling us all of this? What's going on? What's, it's a new year. <laughs> it's stuff to look forward to after uh, the summer season that might be a little bit sparse for quality TV. Right. right. Um, Australia's brainiest specials, eight hilarious episodes, including TV star, radio star, musician, cricketer, footballer, Olympian, neighbours and big brother housemates. The first Australia's brainiest comedian attracted 1.61 million viewers last Thursday um, and was the most watched show across all demographics. There's new Australian drama, Tripping Over, from uh, Guy from Cold Feet and Seed Change creator Andrew Knight. The Society Murders, The Joanne Lee's Story. Uh, I'm wondering if uh, if we'll see before the end of 2006 uh, the Chappelle Corby story, the Michelle Leslie story, the Van Wyn story, the Barley Nine story, maybe. I think the uh, Chappelle Corby story is quite likely. But that'll be on Channel 9 for sure. And Blackjack, four new instalments of uh, that series that uh, we've commented That, that on. I derided earlier in the year. <laughs> new overseas series includes Supernatural, the closest thing to X-Files in years. Everybody Hates Chris is coming to Channel 10. Surface, uh, as I said. Surface has already started. Yeah, Surface is on now. Uh, reunion. Come on, Brett, tell us something we don't know. Conviction. <laughs> Threshold. Out of practice. The comedy. Oh, out of practice. Starring Stockard oh God, Channing no, and I've Henry Winkler. I've got to talk Winkler. about out of practice. Yes. Stockard Channing, Henry Winkler. Why? Why bother? Why is anybody making sitcoms with a laugh track anymore? Why is anyone even bothering to go into sitcoms with a laugh track? I mean, the only thing that out of practice has going for it, other than excellent talent attached. I mean, those two really know how to work a stage, but... You know, give them some material. The only thing it has going for it is that they've cast somebody who is about 31 as a 31-year-old. So they haven't cast a 31-year-old as a 25-year-old. They haven't cast a 40-year-old as a 31-year-old. He looks 31. He is 31. That's the only thing that show has going for it. That, right. As I was reading it, I, I thought uh, maybe they should have put those two uh, to better use in, uh, say, a Grease the Broken Hip Years series. <laughs> well, you know, Henry Winkler was supposed to, he was supposed to play Danny Zuko in... Uh, in Strangely in- enough, it... it just twigged in my mind. Yeah. Yep. Um, interestingly enough, in the US, Threshold and Reunion have uh, already been cancelled. Really? Mm. Well, I can't wait for them to hit our screens then. Mm. Ross, you've got some news. Speaking of cancelled, uh, they reckon that uh, season five, next season of Alias, apparently will be the last season. 
but I don't know how reliable well, that is. You can only kill her parents so many times. <laughs> that's true. That's true. But they if said you can do it once. You can do it. They said many times this time was its last series as well, and it went on to. Uh, they're obviously going on to series five, so I don't know how believable that is. But interestingly, I think they probably had written. Uh, the end of the finale to be the end of the whole series and then just shifted a few elements to make it ongoing. Right. So. Well, you know, I, I've never known J.J. Abrams to uh, knock back any money thus far. <laughs> so we'll see what happens there. This is uh, slightly interesting news regarding TiVo. We've been talking about PVRs and DVRs and whatever they are for a while on, uh, on Box Cutters. TiVo is the most popular TiVo has just announced an advertising search for television. Uh, so they're going to be able to target viewers with the sort of ads that they want. So viewers go in and say, I am particularly fond of beer, golf, and porn. And we're thinking of buying a new car. Yes. And so then they will target advertising with you know beer holders in a car with DVD players in the back where you can watch your porn and golf. Could you say puppies and fluffy clouds and just have like pleasurable moments anytime there's an ad? I'm sure you can. What this is doing though is it's taking advertising control away from the networks and giving it to TiVo. Isn't the whole point of TiVo that you don't watch any ads? No, the point of TiVo is that you still watch the ads. But remember that whole article that we had where yeah, networks I, were saying they you. still watch ads. I didn't believe They you. still watch ads. <laughs> uh, who knows what the point of TiVo is? I think the point of TiVo is that TiVo is struggling. Oh, really? They're really struggling to hold on to their market at the moment. Really? Why? Because... Uh, They're struggling to hold on. Bring it over here. Oh, is it Microsoft? We'd love it. Yeah, probably because of Microsoft. There are rumours that Apple are about to release their uh, DVR. People are thinking IDVR. there must be a reason for the... Uh, oh, sorry, IDVR. <laughs> That's right, Ross. <laughs> How could I have been so stupid? Uh, and, uh, and also, TiVo, have, since they uh, changed to TiVo 2.0, I think a lot of people with their personal TiVo hacks haven't been able to, to control as much as they wanted. I think uh, there are uh, people starting to be worried about what sort of information is being sent about them from their TiVo and... Uh, also, you know, the networks are trying to control people too much with their TiVos now. So I think there there are a, a few problems. And, yeah, there. I mean, this is the third announcement in, in as many weeks that TiVo's made. I can't believe TiVo's been screwed before we even get to have yeah, a look at get it. to have it here. Oh, and we were never going to get it here. They've mm. only just released it in Canada, I think. So, uh, you know. Really? Yeah. But they've had it US and, and uh, Europe for years. I know. But also, we're such a small market here that why would they bother? Mm. Why would anyone bother? Mm. I don't know. I don't Especially know why we bother. We've got a government working against the best uh, things for the viewers. Yes. Digital TV. Also, uh, for Simpsons fans out there, uh, like myself, the Simpsons figurines that were released special edition through Coles earlier in the year. They were released kind of over three over a three week period. I don't know if people remember them. Mm. Uh, they've just been released at Target. But you can buy them in sets of eight, so in their complete sets, rather than uh, rather than individually. So for... anyone who was holding on to their Coles ones, thinking that they were going to increase in value because they were oh, such yeah. limited edition, no chance. Chuck them in the bin. No chance. And you can buy them. You'll be pleased to hear in a set for a dollar more per figure. Speaking of right. which, 
so that's so that's a good bargain. I actually uh, I've actually got them all except for the ones that are stupid. You know, the ones you don't need. Uh, like, for example, like who Hans Molman? No, no. I'd love to have a Hans Molman. Right. That'd be fantastic. <laughs> Do you know who uh, Corporal Punishment is from The Simpsons? Yes. Who Corporal Punishment was uh, one of Sideshow. Uh, one of the Sideshow Bob. Very good. What runs. about what about Teeny Ballerini or Tina Ballerina? No idea. Same. She was another one of. See, one of them. One of the sets released was apparently Krusty's studio, right? But obviously, whoever released these figures watched like the first series of Simpsons only, and then based them on that. I mean, there's no Mr. Burns. There's no. What? There's no Lenny and Carl. There's no Mo. There's no Barney. You, you, you get the idea. So I'm, I'm actually hoping that they do release a lot more of these, so we can get some of the proper characters, uh, and also the Mr. Teeny. You know, um, yeah, Krusty, yeah. Krusty's monkey. I love Mr. Teeny. He's ridiculously portioned. He's almost as big as he's almost as big a size as uh, Krusty. Oh, see, that's just dumb. Yeah, Jaden has it. Mm. So who's who's made these figurines? Thanks, kids. Uh, I'm not sure. It wasn't. McFarlane or Hasbro or because they both do you know excellent versions. Oh, okay, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I'll uh, I'll have a look at my figures yeah, at home. Yeah, have and a look I'll get at the feet to, of the but figures. But I don't actually have a uh, I don't have a Maggie. I missed out on a Maggie, and I'm not going to buy the whole series of the Simpsons family just to get Maggie. So if any listeners out there have a Maggie and they're not interested in keeping it, send it to us. Yeah, at e- email us. <laughs> email email us. Hooray at boxcutters.net and uh, we'll give you uh, an address to send it to. Speaking about TV series add-ons, when you guys were talking about Seinfeld DVD puffy shirt, I was actually imagining a full-size puffy shirt. <laughs> <laughs> How in, sadly in, disappointed I was at JB on oh. Sunday. <laughs> as in one you you were hoping to wear. Yeah. <laughs> That, that it didn't have, even occur to me that it wasn't a full-size puppy shirt. <laughs> that would have been a hit with all the ladies, Brad. <laughs> what? A hit with all the ladies. Is that it for Box Cutters News? Are we all done? Yeah, I think All finished? I think that'll do. Sold. That's Box Cutters News. We'll be back with John Safran. Box Cutters. On Box Cutters now... We're very lucky to have on the phone Mr. John Safran. How are you, John? Shalom Aleichem. How are you? <laughs> I'm very good. Aleichem Shalom. It's, uh, it's, well, you know, it's exciting to, to, to have you here. I've, uh, I suppose I'll, uh, I'll kick off the uh, first question with, at what age do you think people stop calling you an enfant terrible? Uh, well, I'm 33 and I still get the enfant terrible. So, um, I don't know. I think I can keep on going till at least about 45, 46. <laughs> Excellent. Is Barry Kosky, that guy who does all those arts festivals, he's still on Enfanterie. Oh, no, no, he's, he's a Wunderkind. Yeah, he's not 92. <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations on the uh, AFI win over the weekend. Thank you very much. That's, uh, yeah, that's very exciting. I think uh, very well deserved, too. Thank you. I don't, I don't respond well to... Um, um, I don't know, just positivity. So, you know, we'll be like, congratulations on the AFI, and I'll be like, thank you. I heard Marco Tull uh, made the wrong decision about which awards night to go to. Yeah, yeah, I feel sorry for him. He's like one mention in the mainstream press <laughs> for like his 38 years on Earth, and it's, it's about how he turned up to um, the the Augie Awards. <laughs> the same night that, that we're also nominated for, and like he had to sit there and watch the glass house. <laughs> Well, so I was off, you know, getting all the glory at the other awards festivals, but, you know. 
Well, if it, uh, you know, if it if it helps you uh, get the accolades, John, I'm incredibly jealous. Oh, really? Why are you jealous? Because well, I want to win an AFI. Really? Do you reckon they've got cachet with the mainstream yet, or what do you reckon? Do you, do you reckon the average punter in the street cares that I've won an AFI? Oh, I think so now, especially after uh, Russell Crowe and all his phone jokes. I think oh, yeah. that that brought yeah. the credibility way up. That validated. You know, like Sean McAuliffe wrote all those jokes. Yeah, I saw that in the I saw that in the credits. Yeah, what a weird combination, Sean <laughs> McAuliffe and Russell Crowe. I, I say together at last. Yeah. <laughs> now, speaking in tongues, we're in, it, this is uh, we're coming up to the fifth episode. Sixth. Uh, yes. Fifth yeah, episode. We, we just filmed the fifth one yesterday, and it goes to air Monday. And uh, how how have you uh, taken to the? Uh, you know, we'd have to say mixed response. To, uh, to speaking in tongues. Some people absolutely love it. Other people go, it's not bad. No one hates it. Oh, so, some people, oh, I don't know. It's just, yeah, it's all like, you know, to me in a more kind of casual manner. So, yeah, I don't know. Like the first episode really sucked. We didn't quite get that right and it's kind of picked up a bit since then. But, um, yeah, it's like a chat show. So they're sort of, it is what it is, really. Did you actually kind of screen test it with a camera before you went in there, or was, were you just taking it from the out of the radio studio and into the TV studio? No, well, we did a, we did a bit of um, yeah, we we did a bit of um, screen testing, if that's what it's called, and um, yeah, I don't know. It's sort of a bit it's it's a bit hard to get right, I think. But you know, I kind of wanted to do something where I didn't have to spend eighteen months. <laughs> You know, in pre-production and filming and in post and stuff like that, just so, you know, because I've got a couple of other things lined up, so kind of, you know, I wanted to do something that would pay the rent and wouldn't take 18 months to do. Do you, do you feel frustration um, only having half an hour to, to run the program each week? It, it feels like it's, it's very snappy and, and perhaps a little bit too snappy to actually be able to cover some of the topics that you touch on. Yeah, um, no, not really. I reckon... I reckon I reckon the best weeks have been when you're kind of left with this impression you wish things were a bit longer. So, um, yeah, I reckon an hour would be a bit, um, might be a bit strained. Maybe I need something in between or something. Maybe, you know, 33 minutes or something. (laughs) Are people people at all uh, disappointed that you're not doing any stunts in this show? I mean, you... You know, part part of the whole enfant terrible yeah, yeah. title is uh, is is the stunts. You know, going to, going oh, to yeah. Disneyland and and doing that sort of stuff. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, I, I think so. Yeah, I've got a bit of feedback like that. But as you, yeah, so I don't know. I, I guess you just have whatever seventy years on this earth, and so you'll do all sorts of different things. So I kind of like put that in this, this that context, if you know what I mean. Like I'm doing a twelve week kind of chat show type thing, and. Um, then I'll do something else, and this is one of the things I did, if that makes any sense. Well, yeah, and, and as far as television goes, you're, you're quite prolific. I mean, c- compared to so many other people in the industry, this is your fifth uh, on-air program, if I'm not mistaken. And, uh, oh, yeah. Uh, and also, you know, you, you, did, you did a number of pilots, and you, as you say, you've got other things, uh, other things working. Yeah, yeah. Are, are you waiting for, uh, for a new tag of hardest working man in television? Oh no! I actually get—I actually got this great email from this person bagging me. They've been quite sincere, and they're bagging me for like, come on, versus God, eight episodes, and then Music Jamboree, 
12 episodes, like, you know, you slack bastard. <laughs> <laughs> Which is kind of fair enough. <laughs> I, just, uh, I just want to ask, John, just thinking back over uh, the Versus God series, I yeah. think that that uh, final episode was one of the most riveting pieces of television that we actually saw last year. I was just wondering, have you watched that back at all, or how do you feel about that now? Yeah, yeah, no, I've watched it back, and um, I don't know, feel in what way? Actually, uh, or creatively, or... Oh, no, just just what sort of feeling does it get, watch, uh, you know, having you watch it back? I mean, you know, it was quite intense to watch from, from a viewer's point of view. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I didn't realise I was going to f- mess with everyone's head that much. I thought it was going to be more like people watching it and then going, oh, that was a bit strange, I wonder what happened there, but I got, like, real intense feedback, like, real intense, like, <laughs> you know, parents have, like... Uh, this one parent came up to me who had a child who was mentally ill and said that it disturbed them so much and now they go around the house thinking they need to be exercised. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. And a teacher contact and say, oh, this girl turned up to school crying and I've got an obligation to go in there and all this stuff. <laughs> so I was like, it really was one of those, you know, be careful what you wish for it might come true. You know, you're like, you want something to have an impact or whatever, but I'm not sure I really wanted to kind of upset mentally ill people. Yeah, no, that's fair enough. So we're also, we're also con- SBS was contacted by a couple of mental health organisations who also said it was kind of like dangerous to watch or something. I don't know. Oh, okay. So you didn't actually see the power of that, that last episode as you were cutting it together? Oh, no, we thought it was like, you know, like, I thought it was... In- I kind of liked it because it was like... It was, it was amazing because there, there wasn't any intro and there wasn't any outro. It was just, bang, you're in there, and it just takes you on this, this amazing trip, and then it's all over again. It was, that was, I think, a big part of its power. I, I, I liked how Bob Larson, like, he just couldn't open up his mouth without kind of saying something more offensive than something he just said. <laughs> <laughs> now, were you, were you really out of town when uh, he, he came across? Was I really what? Out, out of, of town? town? Yeah, when no, Bob Larson no, no. visited. SBS said I wasn't allowed to um, kind of do any promotion with him or anything like that because he's a bit chonky financially and so, you know, just say someone handed over 5000 bucks, and, you know, then it'd be like SBS and me were, like, responsible and stuff, you know. <laughs> so it must be interesting doing Speaking in Tongues um, where, where you kind of... It's, it's pretty close to doing it live. I mean, you are yeah. spending a lot of time in there cutting it all up and stuff. But it's very disposable. Like, once it's passed, it's all gone, as, yeah, yeah, as sure. opposed to what you've crafted with the other series. Yeah, yeah, no, no, definitely. It's definitely, like, a totally different context. And, um, and, and yeah, and as, as the weeks go on, it's like the less we prepare, the better it gets. Because it's <laughs> like the first week kind of... I reckon I screwed it up just because I was just... I don't know what I was thinking, but I was like, we're way too prepared. <laughs> and then, um, even on that aspect of Father Bob's best when he doesn't know what's happening, and and like for the first week we kind of rehearsed it. So yep. when you ask him the second time, you know, are you gay or whatever? Suddenly, <laughs> he's, like you know, suddenly he's not all shocked, and you know. So anyway, yeah, it, it is a bit hard to work out. So I'm a bit bummed out. I'm kind of not really bummed out about the show now because I reckon it's get it straight or whatever, but I was a bit bummed out that we kind of, you know, screwed up the first week and stuff like that, and just, I don't, I don't, I don't know whether I'm really a live type of guy. <laughs> Can we, uh, let, let's talk about Bob for, for a bit, because yeah. there's been a, a lot of talk in the media about how much of what Bob says is pre-rehearsed, how much of it is written for him, how much of it is just him being him, and, uh, and, and this whole idea of we don't know, but whatever it is, it's, it's entertaining. Yeah. Uh, 
it seems to me quite obvious that Bob is just being Bob. I mean, that's what he's like on the radio and, and that's yeah. what he's like on the on the TV show. But how has he taken to uh, all of that sort of criticism? Oh, no, no, he, he just loves it. Like, he's, he's like, you know, has to put up with more annoying people than me and more, <laughs> um, you know, like just working in the church and stuff. So that's, that's sort of like where he's kind of, you know, aggression is focused. I mean, it may be like a bit like, you know, like if you work at community radio or something, like you get annoyed by the whole process there and you don't really, you're not really getting annoyed by Channel 9 or anything like that. So it's a bit like he's just, he's just spent so 50 years in the church and they're the ones who kind of bug him. So he just thinks it's a great way to kind of express himself and have a bit of fun and all that kind of stuff. So, and it's, so he doesn't really mind the flack. He kind of likes it. <laughs> well, you know, it, the, the whole dynamic just works so well. I have to say, you know, this is the bit of the interview where I suck up your ass, John. Yeah, no, no, that's okay. You know, because I, you know, I just, you know, I've got a low self-esteem, so it will help a bit. All right, good. good. So, um, yeah, but he's, a, yeah, so he just, he really, really, I, actually, when I, like, watch watch it on TV, it comes across as far more aggressive than we are. Like, there's, I, I don't think we've ever been in a situation, except for once during Versus God, where we've had anything even approaching, like, tension on any level you know what i mean like but when, when you see it on tv for some reason like i don't know why it just comes across more like there's some aspect of anger to us or something or of bitterness or something but it's just not there in real life it's because he doesn't look you in the eye oh really is that it i think so <laughs> <laughs> well this week you should watch on monday because this week i i've got him in the most strained and pained i've ever seen <laughs> I, I talked about because you know how the Vatican released a thing this week about how not only is it not okay to be a priest who's gay, like practicing, like yep. you know, sexually gay, but you're not even allowed to think gay anymore. <laughs> so if you're like a non-practicing gay, now that's, now that's out. So I, I just ask him, I just say to him, Bob, you know, you're a celibate, I accept that, but you know, do you think straight or do you think gay? <laughs> And yeah, he kind of pulls the most strained face I've ever seen. <laughs> uh, I can't wait. I can't wait. Now, you, you mentioned uh, earlier on that you're working on some future things. Can you give us a bit of an idea of, of what's going on there? Um, yeah, well, I've been writing a film. so that's, But as soon as you're writing a film, it's, just, it's really annoying. The whole process is different. Like, everyone takes it more seriously in a bad way, you know? Like, in, suddenly you're not just mucking about anymore. But it's like, if versus God is the result of mucking about, why not just do it that way? You know, like, oh, <laughs> what are you... Way? Are you dealing with funding bodies for the film, like the the, the AFI and Film Vic and that oh, yeah. sort of stuff? Yeah, it's sort of that, but it's not... It's not um, no, actually, I don't think for this we've actually any funding money from the AFC. We've got a bit of funding money from SBS and stuff just to write it. Yeah. And um, I don't know, everyone Everyone just suddenly takes it. It's just way too serious. So we're actually thinking of doing the Kath and Kim thing. <laughs> making it a telly movie, and then as what? soon as you say it's a telly movie, suddenly everyone's back in the right headspace again. Yeah, but look at the reaction to Kath and Kim this week. It's like everybody's over Kath and Kim now. Oh, yeah, really? Yeah. I, everyone hated it. I'm all, I'm all confused by these. Lots of TV I don't watch until... Like, I, I saw, like, X-Files. The first time I saw that was, like, in its, like, ninth season. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's pretty cool or whatever. And everyone's like, no, 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 it's all over now. And stuff. So, I don't know. I've just recently started getting into Kath and Kim. I got all confused when they were first on. I didn't understand it. <laughs> But, I mean, I kind of liked it in that way, that, in that perverse way where I was like, you oh, know, this is weird and there's no jokes and stuff. So I kind of liked it. 
But it was like, I was all confused as to why it's like his real mainstream smash. But there you go. You know they didn't enter the AFIs this year in a, in a protest vote. There's some goss. Oh, really? They, they were protesting about what? So, apparently, they were... Um, they were Because I just thought they didn't do anything within the time frame of this year, and, that, and that's why they weren't up. But apparently, it was like they were sick of turning up and not winning. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> we're protesting because we're not good enough to win. Yeah, or something like that. Yeah, so that was... Um, but that, that was good. No, it was good they didn't enter because I can't really... It was bad enough having to compete with one other thing that was quite good and popular. You know, We Can Be Heroes. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, well, that... I much prefer those things where it's like um, I'm competing and everyone else knows all the others are just so god-awful. Like, <laughs> oh, you think that's going to happen? But it, like at the Logies, I thought, I was like sitting there really confidently. It was like <laughs> me versus all these... You know, these things like comedy ink, late shifts and all that stuff where like I was sitting there cockily kind of thinking, yeah, yeah, okay, so, you know, this will, I'm about to go home with the glory. And then they're reading them out and I'm wondering where all the cameras are, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and then, yeah, and then it was, yeah, they just had to deal with the harsh reality. But, you know, it's good to be humbled sometimes, you know. <laughs> well, that's not, think, not think you're too clever. It's a burning humility when you uh, when you lose to... To things of that ilk, I think it, it makes you want to. Well, it makes me uh, just want to shun humanity for a while. I had well, at the FIs, like you know how I've got to pretend, you know, just you know, that I'm, like I don't care about these things and I'm, you know, alternative and stuff. But I did like stand up and check out where the We Can Be Heroes table was. <laughs> I, was up, I was like, there was, there was the lower deck that was kind of like closer to Russell Crowe, and then there was this upper deck type thing. Yeah, I was in the upper deck, and I'm like. I'm in trouble, man. <laughs> <laughs> so then I did this little walk around where I kind of pretended I was just like, you know, a bit like when you're at a party and you're kind of just walking around pretending you've got some kind of, just having a look around or whatever. So, um, and then I sussed out that the We Can Be Heroes table was also on the upper deck, so it wasn't totally open. <laughs> and then the, ch- and the, then the chaser table was way back. So then, yeah, thank God. Well, congratulations yet again. I think that, uh, that, that brings us to the end. We're about to lose the satellite feed. Okay, cool. <laughs> uh, thanks so much for joining us on Box Cutters, John. No, thank you very much. And, uh, and Speaking in Tongues can be seen on SBS at 9.30 on Monday nights. And because this is a podcast, is, isn't it? Yes, yes. yes it is. Sorry, I'm, I'm being told... Nine o'clock. Nine o'clock on Monday nights. Yeah, but, but also in pod, late-breaking podcast news, apparently Speaking in Tongues is going to be the first Australian television video podcast. That's oh, awesome. really? Yeah, yeah. that's fantastic. So that, and apparently, if you go to speakingintongues.com.au, you can download it and see it like on a smaller screen in shittier re- resolution <laughs> than on TV. I don't understand this whole thing about like video podcasting. Like, you can only get excited under the premise that you don't remember television has been around for a hundred years. <laughs> like, like, oh wow, you've come up with this great thing. Oh, I see what happens. It's on a smaller screen <laughs> and it's shit a resolution. And unlike TV, where you just turn it on and it's there, you have to wait, you know, for it to download. What a fucking great invention that is. I, I think the wonder there is is yeah. that everything looks kind of like the moon landing. And so it's, oh, yeah. you know, retrospective enjoyment. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> well, once again, thanks so much for joining us, John. No, thank you very much. And uh, we'll catch you later on. Okay, see ya. See ya.
Are you one of those that follows the ads? Follows, 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 follows the ads? Follows, 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 I don't buy what it. What don't you buy, Josh? I've been watching the cricket. I do buy that. Why? Because oh. I love watching the cricket. Okay. I think it's very exciting television sport. Five days. Yes. I guess if you've got nothing to do for five days. It's, you, know, you know what I love about the cricket? One of the things I love about it is... Getting I going. Go, oh, I've just got you know, an hour and a half spare. Cricket's on. I'm entertained. It's easy. I mean, you know... You do have to be a fan of the game. I think if you're not a fan of the game, it's very hard to watch. I understand that. It's, but anyway, I buy that. So I buy the cricket. What's better, uh, test matches or one days or 2020s? 2020s can kiss my ass. I have no time <laughs> for them at all. 2020s can go down on you. Don't even... What, what? Anyway, what I don't buy is an ad that's on during the cricket at the moment. There's a man in a green suit. He looks like some kind of monster, mm-hmm. but he's wearing overalls. He's got oh. antennae, and uh, it, it just, I, I can't tell what it is. It just looks ridiculous. It's that Muppet that carries around Oscar's uh, garbage bin. No, that's Sully. Trash can. No. Sorry. <laughs> no, it's not. This one's green okay. and wearing overalls. That's Sully oh, that you're oh, thinking yeah. of, and no. And, and, and it's a man in a suit. It's like clearly a man in a not, suit. Not a special effect. What's not, the, no, not a special effect. The antenna on a special effect? No. It's all part of the costume. Okay. So he's so it's a green costume, looks like a monster, got antennae, can't really see his face properly. It's all a little bit weird and disturbing. His name's and Kevin. And then he starts showing us some home hardware tips. Uh, if I've got a leak in the bathroom, I just use some Silly's All Clear and uh, plug it up. And then we see him using Silly's All Clear. And then uh, a call comes from the other room. Uh, Dave, it's tea. And uh, Dave goes, right, I'm coming. And then uh, the bit comes on where it says, Silly's, proud sponsor of Dave the Cricket. Ah. Right, so proud sponsor of the cricket, and then they put a little arrow and write Dave the cricket. So, so Dave the it, cricket walks into a bar, the bartender says, We have a drink named after you, and he says, What? A Dave? No, a cricket and a grasshopper. That's a grasshopper, you <laughs> So So he is a cricket, is he? Apparently, he's a cricket. Is he rubbing his legs together and no. making obnoxious noises? No, he's not. Oh. He's just telling us how to use hardware implements. Right. How to stop leaks. Why okay. would anybody trust the word of a cricket? To- I don't know. It's, it's really, you know what? Someone's gone, oh, why don't we have a guy dressed up as the cricket? And we can say we're sponsoring the cricket. And that's as far as it went. And somebody went, right, okay, we've got uh, 12 hours to get these three ads made. <laughs> and they have made, uh, they've spent $1.3 million on this advertising campaign. Oh, really? Not on making it, though. Uh, no, clearly not on making it. It's uh, they've they've done three fifteen minute. Sorry, three fifteen. <laughs> See, this is why I don't buy it. it. Goes on for too long. Three fifteen second ads plus uh, a special ad to promote a twenty thousand dollar giveaway. 
So Sellys are, are spending all this money sponsoring the cricket, and the best they could come up with is a guy in a bloody suit who doesn't even look like a cricket. They've even they've got because um, I'm I've only seen a little bit of these ads, but they've also got uh, a bumper. You know how they have all the cricket privately sponsored by, and they have you know like three or four second grabs of each product, and there's one with him dropping a football. <laughs> right. Why? Well, I don't know. I don't. I didn't understand. It's, see, it makes it. And then also, during- it, it was one of those things where I thought, I'm just never going to think about that again. <laughs> and and you and, bringing it and up, I've, has, I it up has yeah stoked the fires in my brain. And now none of us are going to sleep. They've also got uh, one of those runners that come comes along the bottom oh, of yeah, the screen yeah. during the cricket with uh, with him waving. But then it's so small such a tiny tiny graphic that it just looks like this green wiggly thing <laughs> that you know is having some kind of epileptic fit <laughs> with uh Sally's we're proud sponsors of the cricket it just hey, can, I, I don't i don't buy it hey i've never actually seen a green cricket all the crickets i've seen have been kind of blacky brown aren't they green just after they drop their shell yeah no, which which clearly this you're one not thinking is. of a locust no, I'm not thinking of a locust. I'm what about a cicada? Of, I'm thinking of a cicada. Right. What What is the difference between a cricket and a cicada? Oh. Hooray at boxcutters.net. <laughs> Let us know. I Really, that ad just shits me to tears and it's going to be another three tests and a whole one-day series before I can be rid of it. You don't buy it? I don't buy it. Cut! That's the worst coma acting I've ever seen. Is it my imagination or is TV getting worse? Ah, uh, this show ain't no good. That was so terrible, I think you gave me cancer. Oh, look out, Smithers! <laughs> I love this show. Crap TV. Crap TV. A segment where we talk about how bad the networks are. Exactly. And how, stuff. How bad the programming is. Now, I've been thinking about this a bit during the week, and there have been, there's been a bit of discussion and a bit of calls to maybe change the name from crap TV to something else. And so I've been giving this a bit of thought, and I was thinking the only thing I've come up with that I even kind of half like is Blank Sucks. Blank Sucks. Oh, so yeah. Channel 7, Channel 9, SBS, ABC. Yeah, yeah basically like that. So, uh, you know, Channel 7, screw over Futurama. Again, Channel 7 sucks. Channel 10, screw, screw over Futurama. <laughs> oh, the F- Futurama or The Shield, Channel 10 suck. Channel 9, show split, two-part series, end of CSI, over two years, and then apparently edit vital bits out. Yes, I heard about this. Channel 9 sucks. So, yeah. Do you think that would... Blank blank sucks. Do you think that would ease the confusion? I was (laughs) thinking we could open it up to the the listeners and, uh, and, you know, have a competition. Come up with a new title for Crap TV. Really? That's what I was thinking. But I haven't run it by the two of you, <laughs> and maybe you both completely disagree. Well, it's my segment, and in the end, I'm going to keep calling it crap. All right. <laughs> Let's not put on the competition just yet. No. Until we have a prize that we can give away for the competition. That's, that's probably right. not a bad idea. Well, you know, you know what? A, a mate of mine has a TV that doesn't work. It is a crap TV. <laughs> we can give that away. Hey. Huh? Nice. I'm thinking. So, Channel 9 cut bits out... Of evidently, evidently, this is, this hasn't been confirmed. This is a green guide letter this week. 
complaining that right. they downloaded. We're getting all circular reference. We are. Sure. That they downloaded both episodes, uh, the both of the two-parter, because they couldn't wait. And apparently there was there was some bits cut out, some vital bits, apparently. But this is out. nothing new from the network's look at Channel 10 with The Simpsons. Exactly, exactly. It's nothing new at all. Well, yeah, they, they apparently used to cut stuff out because, uh, because of rating. Oh, yes. uh, because really? th- there were Not things just so they could squeeze in more ads. No, because uh, everywhere else in the world, um, The Simpsons is meant to be an adult entertainment show, and Channel Ten showed it in a G time slot. And so there's still bits of The Simpsons that have never gone to air in this country. Oh, except on Fox Eight, where, oh, well, yeah. where, where on they free do to wear. and you DVDs free to wear. and DVDs, obviously. Yes, I remember this one particular episode uh, back in like 1995, where Homer puts a box on his head, and yep. Channel Ten cut that out because apparently. You couldn't show that in a G-rating time slot. I still can't work that one out. Oh, okay. There's a very funny bit with Mr. Burns too. Oh, not with Mr. Burns, with Krusty the Clown in the episode where Krusty gets cancelled. And um, he, they're, they're in the Gabbo, when Gabbo's ringing him up, giving him the, the job <laughs> applications, uh, the job interview. He, he says, oh, I don't know what you heard about that. Uh, impotence uh, infomercial I did but I can assure you I'm all man <laughs> never went to air here right but anyway that's not what I wanted to talk about I did actually want to talk about animation and I wanted to talk about Futurama and I was outraged this week when I got the guide which is the Herald Sun weekly TV week and mm-hmm. it listed that this week's coming Futurama episode is the episode I Roommate Episode three, yes, oh, the one coming series now. one, yes. But we've just seen the pilot this week, exactly. So you would think logically that episode two, episode, episode one, comes episode two. You would think so, but according to the guide, that's not the case. And so I was outraged all day, outraged and disgusted. And I'd had my green guide and the guide letters planned, and then I got the green guide, <laughs> and the green guide has listed the series has landed. As being shown this week, which is, of course, episode two, which leads me to think that maybe this segment should be called The Guide Sucks, (laughs) (laughs) because then I noticed a bit after that, that The Guide actually are referring to Family Guy as a premiere. Well, it's... No, no, no. No, no, no. It's the first time it's appeared this year. No. (laughs) Apparently, according to The Guide, this has never been on free-to-air TV before. So whoever Except it, when it was on Channel 7. No, 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 this is what they're saying. Family Guy has never, ever been on before. I know, I know, but I, I'm saying it hasn't been on before, except when it was on Channel 7. <laughs> You're right. Josh is just explaining their qualification. Yeah, right. Yeah. Did, okay. Maybe okay. you didn't see the asterisk. <laughs> Maybe not. So, it was implicit. Yeah, it, it was. was. in the tone that they said it. <laughs> yep, so I think, yeah, more quality work coming out of the Herald Sun. Yeah, where and are the their guide. fact checkers? Exactly. Also, uh, interesting this week... Uh, with Channel 10, they are trying to... They put Medium is coming back on the air and they're trying their hardest to make it look like these are new episodes of Medium. Alison Dubois returns and they're showing little snippets but not actually showing anything that gives away the story. Don't be fooled. Repeats of Medium. So, so they're not going to start with Season 2 of Medium and lead up not to... Not at all. Not at all. Despite what they're trying to uh, pull. Don't believe it. Well, you know, uh, these uh, series of weeks... that. I- I think we're finally in the last week of sweeps in the US. Oh, yeah. But as part of the medium sweeps, they had a medium 3D episode. Oh, really? Yes. Apparently, they gave away 3D glasses with a a copy of TV Guide. And 
uh, and yeah, 3D episode of Medium. I haven't uh, I haven't heard anything about that one. So is it all red blue split? Uh, oh, it must have been. How else can you do it on TV? Can you do Polaroid 3D on TV? I don't know, but it's a pretty cutting edge idea. I oh, mean, yeah. what? That's only been around 50 years. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I remember ages ago, like going way back into the 80s when Channel 7 had a 3D. Special Saturday night? Yes. With Three Stooges? With the Three Stooges on oh, it. Oh, really? Yeah. And oh, okay. Jaws 3D? Yeah, Jaws, yeah that, was, that was a movie. But yeah. that, was, that was never 3D on television. That wasn't on that night? No. I'm trying to think what was on that. I remember that night really well. <laughs> yeah, they had a special 3D and everything yeah. was red-blue split. You know, I, I must have been like, like 13, 14 at that point and... I thought, lame. Really? Wow, well, you're so much older than I am, Brad. <laughs> perhaps, uh, <laughs> perhaps next year they'll, uh, they'll show an extra special medium in black and white. <laughs> well, no, Felicity's already done that. Oh, have they? Oh, and so has uh, Moonlighting. Maybe they'll do a silent episode. <laughs> and you have to get the pianist to come into your house to play the score. <laughs> they'll, they'll give away a pianist with TV Guide. <laughs> Free pianist with every guide. That's great. So, so that's your crap TV. That's my crap TV. We'll wait, we'll wait and see whether Channel 10 get it for Futurama. Uh, we'll wait and see which episode they do actually end up showing this week, whether they show episode two or whether they show episode three. I'm hoping that they show episode... Two? Given our experience, I don't think you can actually put much credit in, in the guide or the green guides listings. No, and that's true. I think that it actually comes down to the networks, giving the information to the that, yeah, that's true. listings. That's true. Yeah, so let's let's just wait. We'll wait and see. Wait and see. Box cutters. Coming up later on on Box Cutters, we've uh, got some new shows to talk about. We'll also be talking about the summer schedule and we'll finish up with the box cutters quiz. But right next, I say that every time, right next, a little discussion on Van Wynn. G'day, you're listening to Ed Phillips here from Temptation across the Nine Network and I am special guest of the box cutters. Love the guys' show, love all three of you. God, you're funny. Never miss a show and sometimes if I do, they make tapes of it on the internet and then send it to me. You are listening to Box Cutters with Josh, Ross and Brett. Yes, and it's been a very bad year this year for drug couriers, particularly Australian drug couriers. Which, um, you know, they've had a great, they've had a great set of years. <laughs> Since, you know, between Barlow and Chambers and now... They've done pretty you know, well. It was really do-what-you-want drug couriers. There was one other in between. Yeah, but no one remembers. <clears throat> PM remind, remembers I was listening on the way down. It, uh, it seems to be, though, these days that the first thing you need to do if you get caught is get yourself a good press agent. Uh, get yourself a good press agent back in your home country, get a bit of swell, grand swell of support behind you, and suddenly more people are on your... Uh, on, uh, helping Contentious. Your I you reckon Lex Lazarus just done all of... Uh, wins stuff has he well he's doing a pretty good job as a press agent i think personally i mean the 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 kind of the campaign that uh that has been happening with van win i think is quite incredible i should point out now uh at this point people will know van win's fate we're recording this uh on thursday night uh he's due to be hung tomorrow morning hanged hanged presumably he will be, but um, yeah, I don't want to offend anybody by this, and I'm just trying to talk about more about the media coverage than kind of trying to weigh into the uh, capital punishment debate. 
I, I'll also point out that uh, by the time most people are listening to this, they'll also know the uh, outcome of the Prime Minister's 11 cricket match. That's true. That's true. Um, interesting. I just think, like, if you compare it to the Chappelle... Uh, Corby. Corby case, I think... Well, interestingly, Lex Lazary, the, the first thing he did in this campaign that I noticed was he did compare it openly to Chappelle Corby and he did come out and say... Lex- I hope that people, uh, you know, I hope that people support her, uh, support Van as much as they supported her, even though she's not a pretty Anglo-Saxon. He was actually mentioned during her court case. And, was he? And like he'd, he'd been locked up already at that at the point that she got picked up from memory. And like nobody had really paid any attention to him at that point, but everyone was in love with freaking Chappelle. Yep. Um, and, and 97% of the Australian public thought she was innocent and it was just a massive travesty of justice and yep. and then when it actually comes to something serious yeah um thankfully people have uh, actually started paying attention yeah well it, it's just interesting the way the the way the information's been released um first he made that comparison to Chevelle corby second the- so can i just lex lazary is the qc sc i think sc who is uh which is a qc who is defending yep uh Van Wyn and, uh, yes. and trying to get him off yes. the gallows. Yes. Okay. The second thing you did, uh, interesting, pointed out that he was paying for his brother's gambling debts, um, which I think I think is just an interesting spin to put on it. Then a bit later than that, we have the very cute childhood pictures of him looking mm-hmm. very cute with his identical twin. Uh, later on than that, we find out he actually has a mother and she loves him and she's very disappointed that he's going to be hung. and Hanged. And, hanged. <laughs> and in the last couple of weeks, uh, we're getting the whole thing about will he or won't be he be allowed to hug his mum, yeah, which is talk- just... Yeah, that that's really pushing it. I, th- I think it is. Yeah, and people now are turning in the letters pages of of the papers. People are turning on Van Wyn and are they? saying and saying, "Well, he was a drug courier, and well, he knows well, the risks." That's that's it. I think I think that's a very good point. I mean, you know, usually in this sort of situation, drug dealers are the scum of the earth. Most people most people think drug dealers are the scum of the earth, and that that's not sort of the general impression that the news is giving about Van Wyn. Well, and but that's also off the back of Chappelle Corby, where how could she be a drug dealer because she's so pretty and going to Bali? Yeah, uh, yeah, you know, and oh, she's just the victim of circumstance. Yeah, uh, where and, and so you know, trying to trying to follow that on with Van Wyn and going, okay, well now we've got an angle because we we've had Australian support. I don't remember what the support for Barlow and Chambers was. I do have to remember that there was. A lot of talk about how dare someone in another country try to kill our citizens for for these crimes, and I think that's still that's still a fair point. You see, I don't want to I don't want to play the devil's advocate too much here, but I think the you, you've got to really start to be careful when you start telling other countries how to run their legal system. Well, hang on. I don't think so. We've just fought a war where we've done more than tell them how to run their system, where we've, you know, said out with the old and with the new. We we now have a history of doing that. That's what we do in this country now. Yeah, and 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 do you think that was successful? Are you, are you pleased we went to war over that? I I think it was brilliant. i think i think with this case if you stand back and look objectively at at the facts 
he did take a shitload of heroin into a country. Or well, no, he's taking it out of the country, wasn't it? He well, was no, taking, he was he was in transit. He was in transit. He he had a shitload of heroin. Yes, uh, enough for. 26,000 hits, hits, which, as was explained, would be four four days of supply for Melbourne. For the whole of Melbourne? Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Over over a million street value, though, with Melbourne. Look, I I just think think you're getting into dangerous ground when you're telling... He knew the risks when he went in. I think you're getting into dangerous ground when you're telling other people what they can and can't do. And I'd hate Australia to start looking like America in this sort of thing and start to, you know, our citizens are above your law. They above our, they, you know, they only abide by our laws. Uh, I think I think you're just getting into dangerous but, territory. But the media has already gone the way of the American media. We've we've copied what American reporters do or American interview interviewers do. You look at 60 Minutes in Australia and it's just a complete copy of the stuff that Barbara Walters does uh, over in uh, over in the States. It's a complete copy of, you know, you look at our Today Show, you look at their Today Show. You, all we've been doing for the last 25 years is copying what we see the American media do. So why should we be any different now? Stumped! I'm not sure how yes. we got into the US. I, I think that, that, that any country that has the death... It, the death penalty is barbaric, and there's there's no gain to be had from it. it doesn't work as as a deterrent, and it picks up it picks up the people that aren't actually responsible for it. It's it's drug couriers, it's mules, it's not the actual traffickers that are actually doing it. Yeah, but Brett, secondly, I- secondly, drug addicts are out there looking for their scores. Nobody's nobody's actually going up to you and saying, "Here's some heroin. You have to shoot that up." That's true. That's true. Nobody that you that you know of. <laughs> <laughs> but let's get back to the media Thank coverage so, of it. Which is, um, I mean, that's that's what we do with the media in this country is is we copy the trends that we see in the US. It's what we did with reporting the war here. I don't see why we should be so so outrageously offended that it's happening now with this. I mean, we take a story, we turn it into a sob story, we try to get support for it, we get on the back of it. And, uh, and then there are a few voices going, well, no, actually, he still, he still committed a crime. Well, but with, the media in this country is nothing but manipulative. Well, I'm, I'm actually wondering if the media is a bit out of step with the country on this one. And I'm actually thinking that it might be a bit like last year with the election. Last year, right up until the federal election, people will remember every media outlet was calling it very even. They were saying it could be Liberal, it could be Labor, and in the end it was an absolute whitewash. Liberal liberal, absolutely romped it in quite easily, and I'm wondering if, if this is similar. I think uh, Australia is, you know, being portrayed as this, oh, aren't we sympathetic? Uh, let him go, let him go. But I'm wondering if, if you really went out there and you really polled Australians, if they would, if they would be that supportive of letting him go. Well, it's, it's interesting you should time, mention that. It's not the first time that networks... You know, haven't really understood what the Australian people wanted. And look at Headland. (laughs) (laughs) But it's interesting you should uh, mention that because uh, if you have a look at the papers, tomorrow morning I think you'll find the results of a Roy Morgan poll that was done last night Okay, uh, that that has some interesting... Is is he affiliated with Morgan Gallup? Yeah. Okay. I think now there are... They've split up. Morgan polls and Gallup polls. Oh, really? They've split up? I think so. Actually, does Gallup... 
exist anymore. Yeah. Like, like it used to be the Gallup polls going up to the elections, but you don't hear about Gallup polls for elections oh, okay. anymore. Mm, okay. no, no, you don't. No. So, so maybe, re- maybe Roy Morgan just went in and <laughs> had a bit of biffo. <laughs> maybe Roy Morgan <laughs> ate Gallup. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, more, more, more support from their survey uh, for the death penalty than you would expect from the media okay. coverage. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Radio. And, I mean, we are out of step with a lot of countries. A lot of countries, particularly in Asia, which is in our region, do, do have the death penalty. Only because they're not civilised. <laughs> that's exactly the sort of thing I'm talking about that's the problem. <laughs> I, I have to say, one of, the things, one of the things that I've... Moving on. One of the things that, that I've loved about the coverage of the whole Van Wyn thing is footage of the hangman. Oh, yeah. Is yeah. he not the fattest, jolliest fellow in the world? Was that a hidden camera? That footage of him, was that hidden camera? No, or he was giving an, an interview. He's been sacked, but he's still on contract. Oh, right. Okay, because the footage, it, it had that grainy kind of shot out of a handbag, uh, we're surprising you in the jewellery store kind of look to it. Oh, really? Well, that's, that's what I thought from watching, from what I, I saw of it. I only saw a snippet of it, and he was, he was in his underwear again and laughing. I mean, and I, he, he loves his underwear. <laughs> Obviously, he knew he was being interviewed, but I'm not... Perhaps so sure he knew he was being filmed. Oh, see, that's interesting as well. Again, but that's what the US inter- do. Interestingly, too, with the uh, with the media coverage with uh, Michelle Leslie getting out, um, I think it was very interesting that. Well, firstly, I think she's got a lot worse press than Van Nguyen, which is interesting considering the the difference in their crimes. I mean, they're, they're both stupid things to do, but one had four hundred grams of heroin and one for sale, and one had two ecstasy tablets for her own use mm, for so, headaches i think <laughs> for headaches but interestingly uh coming out and her father in in the uh, press conference interviews that they did the is, press conference interviews that interrupted the cricket all oh, right yes oh. yes actually just saying that um in one of the interviews they did with him it was supposedly live from bali and he never actually went to bali yeah well, that that was interesting yeah no it no it wasn't him what, it wasn't him. What he was saying was, I'm sitting there in my lounge room watching an interview with me in Bali. Oh, okay. So the interview was actually in Bali. They didn't pretend he was in Bali. No, well, they pretended that he was Somebody the interviewee. Oh. And I think that my understanding from that was that he wasn't the interviewee. I think there's been some very dodgy reporting with the whole Michelle Leslie thing. And they, in the press conference, they talked about how unfair it was that Chappelle Corby got such a wonderful treatment and Michelle Leslie got such terrible treatment yeah. when they're both beautiful Australian women. Yeah. But, <laughs> I think that was their point. But look who's walking free now. And I think, I think to an extent that, that this is a cultural difference for us, uh, that, that as a nation we have a difficulty kind of following. I think that Michelle Leslie actually knew how to play the game of... Definitely. The legal system over there. Definitely. There's talk of bribes. She she did the whole, I'm a Muslim, Muslim. Muslim the burqa, yep. blah, blah, blah. And she got off, mm-hmm. um, which uh, potentially uh, Chappelle Corby could have gone that way as well. And perhaps she'd be walking around the Gold Coast today. Yeah. S- selling drugs. Uh, there's <laughs> <laughs> just one last thing about the uh, Michelle Leslie coverage of, uh, of that uh, press conference. Yes, they did interrupt the cricket, but then about three minutes into the press conference decided that the cricket was also important and had the cricket 
in a box in the lower oh, left-hand they, corner they of the screen. In picture. picture in picture. Fantastic. They should have just had the score runners up the top in the top <laughs> corners. They but with Michelle Leslie with <laughs> They should have the just tears. had the little Shelley's cricket in, in the corner just explaining what was happening in the cricket. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, Dave. Dave the cricket. Dave the cricket, proud sponsor of Michelle Leslie's tears <laughs> or something. Anyway, that's our discussion of Van Wyn and all things drug courier-like. I think my producer must be drunk or something tonight. Give us a call on 1902 triple five triple two. Just throwing in another clue there. Didn't really go the way I was sort of hoping because I got my hands mixed up. Mm. <laughs> You're listening to Box Cutters where we never get our hands mixed up. <laughs> never. And we talk about new shows. It's a few new shows coming on this week. Which is amazing because I thought they were all dead. Yes. I thought that that was it for the year. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. I'm not sure. I'm not but sure. But maybe what... I was just getting my hands mixed up. Maybe you were. <laughs> Sorry, what was all dead? All the new shows. I thought that was it for the... We had we had so many last week. Okay. Uh, I know we... Nice that Debbie Anker could uh, have a listen in and write about it today. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes. Interestingly, I'm sure everybody's on the edge of their seats. The Bachelor... Number five, oh Wednesday, 9.30 uh, on Channel 9, so everyone's hanging out for that one. Channel 2, interestingly, the ABC don't seem to have any interest at all in ratings and seem to actively be going against ratings and putting their shows that are likely to rate better now that ratings are over. Uh, we saw the Kath and Kim code last week. This week they've got <laughs> my favourite film on, which should be interesting. What, your favourite film? No, Wild no, no. no, no, no. Uh, Lost Highway. All right. Oh, that no, was no, no. close. My favourite film, as in, like my favourite oh, book. yes. My favourite film, the special, where they accumulate all the votes. Sunday at 7.30. Sunday at 7.30. Can I just say, that my favourite book I've found, I don't think I've seen anything that tedious. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, I... I well, yeah, wait for my favourite film. <laughs> <laughs> Which, if it was actually tedious, would probably be a Vim Vendors film, but it's not. Yes. Ooh. Oh, he's so boring. <laughs> you know, let something happen in his films, for God's sake. Also uh, on So uh, can we talk quickly about the Kath and Kim Code? Oh, yeah? Yep. I got through three minutes of that torture. Oh, really? Is I, that all? I think last week I said, I've turned, and yes, I really, sir. I really have. I just couldn't bear it. What about you, Brett? I haven't actually had a look at it Are you yet, taped it, but you? Yes, yeah, it's still waiting for me there on tape. Um, everything that I've... It seems everybody has turned. You well, see, good. I'm glad I'm not alone. You see, I'm not a Kath and Kim fan, but I thought it was all right. Okay. I, I, I watched it. It filled the time. I thought there was a few funny bits. So it was as good as it had been, even though you were pretty much just watching it for research. Yeah, which, I, I would say so. Well, that's that's pretty much why I watched the series. Yep. Um, and I expect that I'll have the same emotional commitment to uh, the code. What, yeah. what I did the like code. though was the uh, the show that followed it, Alibi. Oh, yeah. I yeah. thought that was, uh, you know, one of those great uh, three-part British dra- dramas. Uh, yeah. We saw the first part last Sunday, and uh, that's worth checking out, definitely. Okay. I did love The Office Christmas special. Ending. Yes, that was fantastic. Yes. That was that amazing. Was, that was excellent. Yep. Uh, also premiering on Sunday night at 8pm. Oh, let me, Family Guy? How did you know? I, you know what? I, I've been waiting for it to come onto Australian it's, television it's for so long. Never been before. on. Also, I've never been disappointed with it before on Australian television. If you're, if you're interested in things that are a little heavier and a little harder to sit through, but I think definitely worth watching, The Power of Nightmares, interesting documentary series. This it's, is a repeat. 
Is it? Yes. It's a repeat oh. power of nightmares. It's been on before. Oh, well, there you go. Well, if you didn't see it like me, <laughs> perhaps now would be a good time to catch it. Was that based on a Stephen King No, it's, a, or something? it's, it's a documentary. Cutting, it's on Cutting Edge on SBS, and it's a documentary which kind of, uh, on the one hand, uh, profiles the rise of terrorism mm-hmm. uh, from kind of looking at the terrorist side of things, and on the other side looks at uh, radical conservatism in the US. So... Hmm. Yeah, it's a, it's a great it's a great series of docos. Yeah, so that's three, and that's screening eight thirty on SBS Tuesday night, Wednesday night, and Thursday night. There's also a couple of great films on this week if you're interested in films. Uh, one of my favourite films ever, although it won't be as good on uh, television. Jackie Brown is on Saturday night at eight thirty. Uh, I think it's personally, I think it's Tarantino's finest film. I don't know what you guys think. I thought the. <laughs> Probably the last third of it was far too repetitive and lost me as a fan there. Okay, the, well, the film. We're, yeah, not, well, you we're know, not talking to Brett anymore. Yeah, Ross and I, Ross and I both <laughs> think that you're wrong. It was just plotting. You're wrong. Come on, how many really? times you did like you it? need to go over that same storyline? That's, that's the genius it's of it. fantastic. That's no. the genius of it. They go over it that many times and you pick up new things every time. You see it from different perspectives. No. Ross, I'm turning his mic off. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, also, also on. Well, turn your mic back on. Also on Saturday night, which will be uh, a gr- another great film, is the less known C- uh, Stephen Soderbergh, The Limey. Yes, which is oh, yes. Uh, which is great another film. one of my fa- just amazing. This is Excellent Soderbergh film. at his best. Was that a yep. premiere on? Australian TV? I would imagine so. I don't it took remember. about five years to come to the theatres here. It did. It yes. did. Yeah, it did. So that's well worth catching up with. Also, if you enjoy your puerile humour a bit more, like I do every now and then, me, myself and Irene. Excellent. Is on Sunday night at five past 11. And on Wednesday night on SBS, which I think is a strange uh, network for it, uh, but the film that everybody seems to love except me, Donnie Darko. No, I also don't like it. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, so it's us. So it's the two of us. I think maybe neither of us ever brought it up in conversation with the other one because we were scared that, you know, we'd we'd be out of sorts again. That that would hardly be surprising given the reaction I get from every other person I meet saying how good Donnie Darko is. Likewise, I went to see it and went, what the hell was everyone on when they saw that film? I really don't see the appeal. What's wrong with it? It's shit. Let's move on. What do you mean? I, I, just, I just was it was it because I didn't in like the end it. it was all just a dream. No, it's because no. it's a try-hard attempt at 1980s retrospective uh, feel-good ennui. If you can have those two things together, <laughs> and uh, and it just it, you know what it just tried way 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 too hard and didn't deliver. It tried to be quirky and uh, and humorous and uh, thoughtful and meaningful, and it was none of those things. It was just a waste of my time and <laughs> a waste of you know what was probably then eleven bucks. <laughs> and the case four, I like. It's it. got a bunny in it. That's everybody says. Oh, but what about the bunny? Yep. Yeah. Shut up. Move on. I love the mirror scene. <laughs> Just quickly, um, summer schedule. Summer schedule shows coming up. Have you been? Have you guys been watching anything from the 
from last week's new shows, any I, of the summer shows. I, I haven't, I didn't catch anything during the week, but I, I have seen that first episode of Veronica Mars. Oh yeah, and it yeah. did, uh, it did gauge my interest a little bit. Yeah, well, that's that's what everybody's talking about. Apparently, uh, Josh Whedon, Joss, Joss, Joss Whedon, Joss Whedon has come out and said, "I can no longer restrain myself about Veronica Mars, best show ever. Seriously, I've never gotten so wrapped up in a show I wasn't making. Crazy, crisp dialogue, incredibly tight potting, plotting." Big emotion and charismatic actors. Laugh all you want. I had to share this. Well, and apparently it warms up. Like the first episode was was interesting. Yep. And it it did it did uh, peak poke pike my interest. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, but from what I've heard and from what I've I've uh, read on the internet and the the uh, the boards and everything, uh, it really does warm up. And, okay. Uh, and okay. It's you know halfway through its second season, still really popular in the states. This is a season that Channel Nine sold to Channel Ten. Did Channel Nine actually show any of it? No, no, no it's never been on. Also, interestingly, I should point out that Joss is affiliated with the show in some way, although that quote doesn't say it because he's a special guest star in one of the episodes. Oh, really? So he's obviously there's obviously some kind of connection there. Um, I had a bit of a look at Dragons Den. I've seen a couple of them now. I it's, actually quite like it. It's a great idea. It's I a do, great I idea agree. that is ruined it's... by Channel Seven. <laughs> You see, I don't know. We, we probably, particularly me, have been a bit harsh on Channel Seven this year. But I think you, this you is, have yeah, just a little <laughs> bit. Rest. But I think this is one show where they've got it right. I, I, I think I think it's interesting. I think the concept's great. I think as long as as long as they can keep getting people in with their wacky with their wacky ideas to make money, which I can't see, I can't see drying up anytime soon. I think it'll be a winner. But what about all that all that false tension that they put into it with the, well, the doom you see, music you and see, all just, that You've stuff. just got to accept that. What I hate more about it is the, uh, you know how script writing 101 says, oh, tension and drama is conflict. Yes. So you've got to have conflict. So in all these kind of shows where they've got judges, two of the judges have to hate each other. And it always comes off really scripted and rehearsed and bad. I, I really don't like that. You know, the guy with the funky hair who's meant to be really way out and alternative and one of the women uh, have some, you know, oh, I can't believe you said that. How how could you not like this idea? Which just comes across as lame. Mm. But apart from that, I think the show is good. And I think they've probably cut back on those things that you didn't like from your other week's review, you know, with Andrew O'Keefe. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so, they've cut back on that because I only noticed that one time. So worth checking again. Definitely. All right. Better than the new inventors? Well, you say I've never really never really watched the new inventors that much. Fast back. The new inventors is the ABC's best rating show. Really? Oh, really? Yep. Okay. I, I actually what I like about Dragon's Den over the new inventors is that these people are actually going on and making a business out of it if they get the money. The idea yep. is that uh, yes, we will see this product out there later on. New inventors do it even though they're not getting money from the show. Okay. Yeah, okay. but that's... that's but they get Because ex- the ABC exposure. can't give away any money. But I, I'd, be, uh, I'd be interested to see, you know, with this, which ideas actually that we hear of again from Dragon's Den and which ones that we don't. I think there'll be a lot that the dragons reject that we end up hearing from again. <laughs> what sort of stuff are they bringing in? Oh, all kinds of stuff. They had uh, Preggy Bellies, which is a very popular pregnancy aerobics class, mm-hmm. which is just <gasps> just based in Melbourne, and they're trying to make that Australia-wide and then worldwide. Uh, they I had, forgot. Uh, they Astro- had one that was coffins with, uh, with artwork on oh, it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Aerobics style style's been axed. <gasps> oh, really? Yes. Well, oh, they're okay. After like 18 years or something. There goes oh, your wow. early morning soft porn, Brett. 
Hell yeah. Um, they also had a horror film. The horror film one they had this week was quite interesting. They, like a, a film pitch? Yeah, a film pitch. Oh, and that's that's a that's a great idea. It was it was fantastic. They it's it's just you know that blind optimism that wannabe filmmakers had that I had myself for many years until you know the industry just beat you down too much. But uh, this was them saying they were coming out with amazing facts that interestingly the dragons weren't picking them up on. But things like oh yeah, most horror films are made for about twenty million and usually make about forty million in their first weekend, <laughs> <laughs> which I thought was which I thought Hang was on. brilliant. Dollars, yeah, or toothpicks? No dollars. And right. They mentioned uh, they of course mentioned Saw as an example. And saying, you know, Saw was made for $1 million and went on to gross over $100 million. Yeah, that's the only example you can come up with. And now making horror because apparently horror can't possibly lose money. It always sells. <clears throat> so that was, ah. But that was interesting. Uh, right. And none, none of the dragons bought it. Uh, <laughs> another show that I thought was quite good was uh, Five Days Till Midnight. Oh, which I didn't see. but uh, Five Five. Yeah, five eyes. But has the Timothy Hutton in it? Timothy Hutton so and big fan of Timothy Hutton. Randy Quaid. Quaid. Snowman. Ah, oh. beautiful girls too. Yes, uh, it was both of those films. Like, excellent, excellent. It was a Turk One Eight Two. Not as great. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I thought. I thought it was just. It was a really interesting concept. This. Um, I mean, it's not. Can, can you explain it? Because he, he's a quantum physicist. Yep. His, his wife, it, it does have a similar look to numbers. Uh, his wife died presumably giving birth to his daughter on the same day. Yep. Anyway. Uh, Frequency. Ten years, ten years after his wife died and his daughter was born, they go to his wife's grave and uh, out of nowhere a briefcase appears and he eventually has to crack the code to get into the briefcase the cracking the code bit was a bit ridiculous they showed him thinking in all these numbers and ended up being that day's date (laughs) oh no it was actually the the date of the day his wife died right that day's date 10 years ago uh but he opens it and inside are press clippings police report and photos and whatnot of him having been murdered right and he's getting murdered five days in advance that's a great idea, and it's only five. It's only five episodes long, and I think you know it's not too late to get on it. Look, it's not the it's not the greatest thing on TV ever, but I think it's worth checking out. I, well, I really enjoyed the first one. While we have the uh, suckiness of summer programming, exactly, exactly. I think it's uh, I think it's pretty good. On the sorry, uh, yeah. Can I just say that 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 with our talk with John and and uh, having the video podcast of uh, speaking in tongues. You can catch it this week's episode now on their website. I, I missed the first episode of Five Five uh, to Midnight, and um, if if yeah, I, I reckon that's a really good idea, and it would get people into stuff if they are in that situation. What like what they're doing with the video iPod putting, putting in the them, states, putting them on the internet? You're suggesting, yeah. Or, or video podcast. So, so hang on. When I brought up that thing about the video iPod weeks ago and yeah. you shot it down in flames, now right. you're going, yes, let's do it. I wouldn't watch it on a video iPod. I'd watch it on my computer screen. Okay. Well, you can it's got a good the- codec and I'd just watch it on a 19-inch screen yeah. rather than on a 2-inch screen. But, yeah, it's still a good idea. Mm. It's, mm. it's still a good idea. Yeah. But you don't need Apple. Of- <laughs> talking of shows that perhaps aren't so good in the summer schedule... Uh, we've got Gilmore Girls back. That sucks. Oh, I cannot a, stand Gilmore Girls. That's just an ad for shampoo. Judging Amy is back again. I hate judging Amy. But come on, Tyne Daly. 
And I forgot about yeah. this one last week when talking about summer schedule shows that I hate. King of Queens. Oh, oh. yes. Every year, every year, Channel Nine bring back King of Queens, and it's the, apparently you know a few people watch it. They say, oh, it's got you know Frank Costanza playing the same role as he played in Seinfeld. Not enough to get me watching. And you know what? Jerry Stiller has done so much better work than that. Yeah. I really, I, I can't, I, I can't have that. Shall we, uh, shall we wrap this puppy up? Sounds good. Chuck it in Man, the there's some really bad radio shows on, but you know, they're really, really bad when they have to be a podcast that like absolutely no, not even the shittiest community radio station in the world and play them and they have to do a podcast. Helen. Oh, hi, I'm John Safran, and you're listening to Box Cutters. It's a podcast where all the winners are. <laughs> okay, question three. Which can I... All these going to be about war. No. i got loads of... i got one on tennis, one on the Suez Canal. Loads. Okay, question three. Which canal links <laughs> the Mediterranean with the Red Sea? How funny is that in the pilot in the, in the double episode Christmas special when uh, the the rather large woman turns up to the office Christmas party <laughs> and Dave Brent says, "Oh, thank God!" For a second, I thought you were my blind date. <laughs> Genius. Genius. Uh, it's time for the box cutters quiz. Oh, God knows what time it is and how long we've gone over. We have no it's, idea. This is the longest episode of box cutters ever yeah. in the history of the world. I yeah. think it's going to be an hour forty minutes. Yeah. Bring it on. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's fine. That's okay. why it's Black Box Cutters, episode 13. Answers to last week's quiz questions, which nobody got correct. Oh, really? Yeah, nobody got them. Did we, did we get some partial answers? Yeah, we got but just like the first half of each word. Okay. Um, the baseballer who appeared on Seinfeld was Keith Hernandez. The animated uh, detective that George Costanza, uh, Jason Alexander voiced. Duckman. Duckman, indeed. And the... Uh, and uh, George's father on Seinfeld collected TV, TV guide. guide. And I think there was one more. Jeffrey works for the Parks. He works right. for the Parks Department. I've and got a follow-up question. <laughs> uh, have we got a quiz? No, no quiz oh, this week. Oh, come on. Is, is it about Seinfeld? No. Oh, okay. No. How does the duck band dance go? <laughs> email your... <laughs> yeah, email your answers to <laughs> I don't know at boxcutters.net. No, it, it, is that actually a quiz question? Yeah. All right, fine. Yeah. E- email your answers to... I pe- love the Duckman dance. Can, can people answer it via email? Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. okay so, so it, there... it won't be as funny in the written word, but yeah. Okay. Okay. Is it, it's not the uh, Homer dance. Everybody dance. Everybody dance. Everybody look at your pants. Everyone look at your pants. <laughs> That's, Different one? that's the safety dance. The safety dance. Uh, uh, you can email your answers to Brett's question, which is... <sighs> what was it? How does, <laughs> how does the Duckman dance go? To gimme at boxcutters.net. And once again, it doesn't matter when you email your answers. You so even, long as it's before next Thursday. Somebody technically could email last week's answers in and probably get last week's quiz right. Yeah, yeah, because it really doesn't matter. Cool. It really, really doesn't. We don't care. Uh, oh, I did. Uh, I did have contact with Mick during the week, and oh, the logo is going ahead. He thinks he's got it sorted. He said he wasn't going to have it ready for this for this episode, but uh, he should have it ready for next episode. So hopefully, oh, that's all. That's all going to go well. We'll have a logo Mick, soon. Was Mick one of the winners? Yeah, Mick was one of the two winners, and okay. he's incorporating Betsy's design into uh, and and his design together. So that everybody will be happy, right. or nobody will be happy. Either way, there's a you know body and happy, and yep. then we'll have merchandise. 
Exactly. Yes. Exactly. Hooray. I've been a bit disappointed with the uh, with the website. I think we're not getting enough responses. If you're out there listening, send us an email. Yeah, do it. About anything. Do it. Do Especially it. if you uh, agree or disagree with some of the points put forward on this show or, you know, you just want to talk about shows that are on or anything, just just send us in an email. Yeah, tell us, uh, tell us how much you love Donnie Darko because it's got a rabbit in it. We really want to know. <laughs> That's another episode of Box Cutters. It has been episode 13. The extended edition. Thanks for, uh, thanks for joining us. I'm Josh Canal. Ross McQueen. I will continue to be Brett Cropley. Catch us again next week. Same bat time, same bat channel. And hey, let's be careful out there. Oh, and I forgot to say that we'll put uh, links up to John Saffron's website on boxcutters.net. They're up there already. Oh, all right. <laughs>